And now, live in studio, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. He's a successful entrepreneur, published author, top listing agent, a real estate and finance expert that goes to bat for you every day as a consumer advocate. Your host and the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Yes, you're listening to the Consumer Quarterback Show with Brandon Rhymes. Brandon is out today, so you got your backup quarterback in the chair. It is James DeJerome. We are committed to providing the same quality program you're used to listening to. You know, the thing about this Consumer Advocate program is it's all about you guys out there. We want to give you some knowledge, inform you, empower you, help you make better decisions when it comes to your own dollars. And to that end, I've assembled a great group of partners here today to talk a little bit about uh, things going on in the Bay Area. In addition to our production team, which you don't get to see, we're going to peel back the curtain a little bit today and meet a couple of people from the back of the show that people from the background you might not see or hear. Again, I'm the executive producer here on the Brandon Rhymes uh, Consumer Quarterback Show. Mike Miracle is our, our board op today back there for Salem, keeping us sounding well. So when you listen to the program on AM 1380, you're listening to Mike and his work, and we always keep us sounding really good. Rob, of course, is right here to my left. He is our technician that keeps us looking fine on the television side. And I'd encourage all you radio listeners to search Binge TV Networks, if you could. Binge Networks TV. I'm sorry. And look for the Consumer Quarterback Show. Get, a, get an idea of what we look like, meet all these folks, and get a chance to see behind the curtain a little bit the radio show on television, on the television side. Uh, so anyway, in studio today, uh, we've got Fred Muth, longtime friend of the program. He's got, he was here before I got here, Fred. You've done oh, a show been, before. I, I was here before the wheel was invented. <laughs> right. So it used to be different studios. Fred knows knows about our humble beginnings and seen the whole thing grow. So I wanted to make sure I had Fred today because we're going to talk a little bit about where the show has been and how how he remembers it starting. Because I wasn't here. Uh, what was the first memories you have of the tele, of the show? Uh, not as good as I'd like them to be because <laughs> I didn't realize that I was on TV as well. I thought it was just radio. Right. And I was doing all kinds of strange things with my hands, combing my hair, you know, whatever. And then uh, halfway through the show, they had to inform me that I was also on the TV. I said, well, I said, well, where's the TV? They said, it's only 14 million people watching you. Right. I got a little nervous at that point. No. He is very smooth, folks. Don't let him fool you. He's relaxed and no problem with that. Connor Keller is going to be with us shortly. He's got stories that you would be surprised of all the things Connor has gotten into. You know, we talk about coyotes and bats and bugs and every other thing in between so i'm looking forward to hearing his latest adventures and what he's been up to he'll be here in a bit fred of course with tampa screens and aluminum longtime friend of the program as we've said always talking about the in-between space in-between space is a, a term that uh brandon coin i'll tell you something i used it again yesterday they looked at me and they said Wow, we never thought of that. I said, neither, neither did I. Brandon right. Rhymes did. He is a salesman, all right. So he's, he'll definitely know how to, how to help you sell. Tampa Screens and Aluminum provides that ability to upgrade your property and get out and enjoy it. You know, we're bringing Connor in here, and he's doing well because this state is all about bugs. They're everywhere. Well, when, when he comes in, I'm going to ask him, please don't kill all the bugs. That, <laughs> that would take the wind out of our sails, basically. He, he's, a, he's a funny guy. We can right. talk about him. He's not here. Right. I worked a home show with him one time. And he put on his bee suit. The, 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 the whole beekeeper thing with the head. Yes, head. yes. And, and <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't get anybody in the booth until he put that on. They flocked into our booth. Just made the show. He's a funny guy. He's yeah. a great guy. Nice guy. Like the guy. His pictures, incredible stuff. He's climbing up trees. He's in a, a church, you know, taking uh, birds and pigeons out. I mean, you never know what he's up to. So I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit about what's crawling around our, in our, our area this this uh, week. But uh, back to Tampa Screens and Aluminum, Fred. We have 
uh, uh, Chris on the show sometimes. I, I hear him. What a radio voice that yeah, guy he's, has. You he know? is pretty smooth on the radio, mm-hmm. I'll say that. Uh, he's a good, another good guy. He's got tremendous amount of sales in. They, they respect his knowledge. He, he goes back, uh, well, I guess 15, 18 years or so, maybe more. And his father was very instrumental in the industry as well. So he really knows the nuts and bolts of screen enclosures. But we, we were talking before, and I know that because you've been on the show a bunch of times, and we had a little while, we were really fearing these tariffs, that they were going to impact you guys. Uh, it seems that you're still doing gangbusters out there. We're still selling. I, yeah. I mean, houses, the prices of housing is, is, is not on a decline. The houses are still high, still moderately going up depending mm-hmm. on what the market is the the 250 240 to 250 range they're holding their own they're not dropping people are spending money on what they want so the screen enclosure today that's uh, the say the package is 10 grand today mm-hmm. uh, i i would tell people a year ago it was probably 800 bucks less and a year before that it was a thousand bucks less so yes the the prices are going up uh, tariffs have affected our mm-hmm. industry uh, but I believe it's more supply and demand of concrete. The concrete pricing continues to rise. Um, the contractors that uh, pour the concrete, they're in demand. And, of course, you see all the new homes go- still yeah. going up. So all them foundations have to be poured. So, consequently, the price of the material. Tons of new construction. Rate. We talk about a scarcity. Uh, people down here trying to find a place, and they have to pull the trigger fast, be ready, because it goes fast. Uh, in addition, the flippers come in and want to make a modification. Boy, nothing like adding a screen room. Yeah, um, a lot of the flippers will come in, and uh, if, if the room is already there, they'll they'll basically dress it up, you know, because they don't want to spend a lot so of money. So you're saying leave the existing a, cage? Leave, leave the existing cage and dress it up. Uh, if there is no cage and it, on a flip house, for example, I think most flippers would possibly pour the foundation alone and then try to flip it without putting the cage on or putting the enclosure on. Because in the industry, uh, when you're flipping, you know, obviously you're taking something, a distressed piece of property, and you want to clean it up, make it look good, uh, fix whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever an inspector is going to catch is going to be bad, and then turn it quick to get the money. Um, the the screen room may or may not be an advantage for a flipper. Okay, you you, you don't know if the flipper is going to get a return on that amount of the money. It, you know, it's just it's a coin toss. Uh, I'm working one right now with my brother in another state, and uh, we we would not consider doing that. We would consider putting putting more time and money into the actual structure of the property itself and making it look much nicer and. and tuning it up and, and bringing it up to code. I got you. Sometimes uh, have, has the design or materials changed so that you cannot renovate something that's been in a, in a spot for a long time? Well, if you go back 40 years, they had what they called the uh, anodized aluminum product, non-painted. You know, anodized process is a way to make the material um, not break down over time without putting paint on it. And it's, a, it's an acid-type product that okay. they treat it with. So that material is no longer available the silver anodized product i mean if you looked hard to find it you could find an extruder that would make it and send it out and anodize it instead of painting it but nobody would do that in reality cost would be exorbitant yes it would so the the products that are out there that are silver anodized that's not something that you want to try to dress up or fix up some people will attempt to paint them which is not really a good a good Mm -hmm. idea um, the you know back then forty years ago you know, where we're using a two by four or a two by five upright today they were using two by twos so it's a much much less strong product and the wind load is much. Yeah, I was going to say codes I'm sure as far as wind goes always uh, something to keep your eye on in this state that's a fact they used to use this four inch structural gutter that would clog up immediately. 
Uh, you know, in today's world, it's five and seven inch gutters and, uh, you know, all the beam spans back when I got into the business, uh, you could span a two by six, 28 feet. That's not heard of today. Today, so, that 28 foot span would be a two by eight or two by nine. So all you folks out there thinking about it, or you, maybe you want to do something with the existing patio uh, situation you have now. Boy, Fred's got all the tricks and, and lots of in, unique designs. I know we've talked a little bit about some of the things that you've done without uh, interruption visually so that you can have panoramics and all the kind of open uh, scene out your back. Yeah, that's nice. But my job specifically is to uh, paint the picture in the customer's head that is in my head because I, I can see the job right. that's completed. And it, it really does take a lot of effort to get that point across to the customer exactly how it's going to look. You can describe it. You can send uh, drawings, etc. but you can't see the finished product. And a lot of times a customer will say to me, I'm not sure about the pavers. What am I going to do about the pavers? My suggestion to them is build the room first, look at it, see how it looks, and then pick your paver product. Go on top of the slab with a thin paver. That way the, the, the whole visual is different. I see what you're saying. You know, when you walk into a house, a spec house or whatever, um, you and I probably cannot see what our wives could see or our girlfriends right, could right, see. Right, they, right. they have this whole totally visual, visual difference. And when you walk into that property after it's completed, uh, totally improved, it's nothing like you thought it would be when you first walked in before it was you know, finished off. So it's the same thing with the enclosures. I tell you, I see some of the stuff you guys have done, and I'm amazed that someone can get up there. It seems impossible weight-wise that they can do that stuff. Oh, it, it'll take the weight. There's no question that the... The beam, the, the beam strength and everything, you know, all of that is there. Uh, what, what I still can't understand is how the guys can walk a two-inch beam. Yeah, I've I, watched these guys do it. Yeah. Is that, it's a talent, you know. Uh, I mean, it, it's an extreme talent. And I've watched them walk the beams backwards, telling jokes and stories. as They're both, <laughs> they're both rolling in the fabric and right. putting in the spline and talking about something that has nothing to do with what they're doing. And the job is completed perfect. Yeah, I would be holding on for dear life and not able to move. So, <laughs> I, I had a two-story cage. I, I don't personally sell a lot of two-story cages. And I, I sold this cage down on Apollo Beach many years ago. And I go by. It's, it was a new construction house. And the installers were up top, way up top. And there was a new pool, no water in it. And they're asking me to come up. Come on. Like, they had to, you know, I had right. to go up and answer a question. So I go all the way up. You know, I, I'm afraid of heights. So right, was, right. And they grabbed me, and they started to push me out towards the pool. You know, they're holding on to me. That's just a goof around. Right. And uh, so I said funny. to myself, I said, these guys have specific talent because they're 20 feet in the air. Yeah. Walking a, a two-inch beam. It's in your it's in your head. I'm sure they're, they're you know they're comfortable up there. That's one thing. Uh, football coaches are big on that. Uh, Jimmy Johnson used to put a two by four in the ground and have the whole team walk across it. Yeah. Now, if I put this up twenty feet in the air, how many of you could walk so casually across it without falling off? <laughs> well, that's the thing. You have to look straight. You can't look yeah. down. It's all about your mindset and how you see things. But again, having a great team as Tampa Screens and Aluminum do is what you, that's who you want building your screen enclosure. We're going to come back with more from Fred. We got. Uh, Connor coming in, and we're going to meet Dimitri, our intern. So don't don't go anywhere. You're going to see behind the curtain today in the Consumer Quarterback Show. This is Warwick Dunn, and you're listening to the Real Estate Quarterback Show, hosted by my man, Brandon Rhymes. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372, online at ConsumerQB.com. 
Hey, Brandon Rimes here, host of the Consumer Quarterback Show, national syndicated radio and TV show. We are looking for local area business expert contributors for our show. If you'd like to be considered, reach out at ConsumerQB.com, submit a form at ConsumerQB.com, or call 813-670-7372. We're interviewing for expert contributors for our program, 813-670-7372. Brandon Rimes here, owner of the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. We want to offer a rent versus own analysis to anyone renting. Text the word rent in the amount of rent that you're paying to our consumer advocate hotline, 813-670-7372. Text the word rent in the amount of rent that you're paying to 813-670-7372. We're going to hook you up with a rent versus own analysis and break it down how easy we can get you into home ownership with 100% financing options available. ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-670-7372. All right, welcome back to the Consumer Quarterback Show with your host, Brandon Rhymes. As I mentioned earlier, Brandon is out today. You've got James DeJerome sitting in the, in the chair today. We've assembled some longtime partners. I was just reminiscing with Fred Muth, Tampa Screens and Aluminum, about the show's humble beginnings because I've only been on, around the show for about a year and a half, two years now. But the show has been going on for close to six years, I think, Fred. Uh, yeah, I believe that we got involved in 2015. Okay, so uh, the concept's always been the same. As a consumer advocacy program, we always want to try to assemble the best business owners and the best knowledge for you to empower you a little bit with your purchasing dollar out there. Uh, Fred's seen the show kind of grow from the, way back when. So what, it, we changed studios. He's been all over the place. Yeah, yeah the original studio was kind of comical. The, in the, uh, I guess that's called the engineering room. Right. So I, I got there early, and we go in the engineering room, and I brought a friend of mine in. He was considering going on the show and seeing what, seeing what, it, was all, what it was all about. And right. they had time. Todd Schnitt on a podcast and you know they introduced myself and him to Todd and Todd's a comical guy he, right, right. he's in New York and you know he says to, hey hey you look like Glenn Beck me you know, do I look like Glenn Beck I don't know <laughs> then he was commenting on the other fellow that had some had his um, his logo his company logo on his shirt and Todd was saying you know where'd you eat lunch you got lasagna all over your shirt and it was very comical Those radio guys so <laughs> So yeah, there's, and I mean originally with the show, um, this the studio was a little different. It was down on Gandhi, right? And uh, you you'd be in you'd be in there, and you would see a lot of people that would walk by, uh, very well known names, sure, uh, you know. And I can't think of right who, personalities, yeah, personalities, yeah. So you you know we'd meet up with some of them. So the and, show uh, has had it's in a process of Brandon kind of getting out there and vetting different business owners and kind of attracting his t- team together. Yeah. And over the years, you've kind of seen different folks join the show. That's right. That's Fred right. actually finds folks for us. He, they listen to him on the radio and come in. They want to be like Fred. Well, nobody wants to be exactly like me. Come on. <laughs> I've, I've asked around about that. No, not exactly. But we have Fred DeFelice, a, a longtime partner, a great guy, comes on the show for us. Fred was our introduction there. So uh, you're always keeping the show in mind. That's one of the things we love about Fred. He's an ambassador for the program. Well, like, let's, let's talk about Fred DeFelice. Uh, Fred and I go back about it, at least 18 years. Oh, really? And, and I sold his original cage... And Freddie, you know, he's a very, very particular engineering mind guy. Right. He's, he's a plumber. Water science trade. U.S. And boy, did he grill me. And I loved it. I kept saying, this is the kind of guy I like. Because he grilled me about every nut and bolt and detail. 
And uh, that's how that's we how you up. know, right? Yeah. I remember yeah. I mean, you hear Fred on this program, and this is one of the things that uh, you know a point for all consumers out there. Man, ask questions ask over and over again. You're paying this person for a service; they, they're providing you this. They're supposed to do this for you. Yeah, and Freddie's job was very unusual. Um, so after we completed and did a very nice job, Freddie turned me over to about three or four of his other very well-known colleagues that we I said word of mouth that's how you know you're getting in, in business with somebody you can trust the his long time uh i mean you guys have been in the bay 30 years well tampa screens um as far as i know 1989 R- richard i believe took over in 89 and prior to that it was his dad hmm. okay i didn't start out with tampa screens i started out with another company named right. artistic aluminum and uh, our very friendly competitor was Tampa Screens. Okay. And sometime around 2010, the guys that owned Artistic decided to retire. So they looked at me one day. They said, I'm sure you're going to take all your business to Tampa Screens because they're excellent. I said, I've already got it in my mind. Right. And basically nothing really changed. I just went over there. I took some of the people over with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it runs smooth. Uh, it, as much business as we have and as complicated as construction can be, they have a method of keeping things running very smooth. And for me, being a consultant, salesman, designer, it makes my job a lot easier. We've got a girl in the office named Diana. I just don't know how she does it. Right. She, she keeps a lid on everything. And you can Lots of to details her. to keep track of. Yes. You talk about the permitting process the a couple of times. Permitting, and boy, some of that's complicated. But, but I can ask her a question regarding a job that I sold four weeks ago. She can pop the answer out immediately, right. which is great. Then we have Virgil. He's a field measure man. He's, he is what we call the construction manager. Him and I think alike. Uh, when I sell the job, he's on top of it after that. And if there's any question, he'll call me. He'll call me four times a day with a question. That's fine. That way, there's no guesswork. Right. That's so what se- you get with someone who's got a lot of experience in, the, in this industry. It's not just that they can respond rapidly to your problem. They have a network they can go to. Correct. So if you run into something unusual, a product you can't yeah. find, a design, they've got a, a kind of a, a, an array of, of knowledge out there. And that's exactly what the Consumer Quarterback Show is trying to do for you as a consumer. We want to provide that network that gives you the support you need when you're looking for an answer. That's right. Absolutely. And, and it's the same thing with the guy that does our foundation work. I, I've worked with this guy since 1996, Bill Connor. And, I mean, he's tremendous. And he'll call me six times from a job site. He'll want to know if it's a quarter inch, half inch, or three quarters of an inch. And now, it me, sounds insignificant, but Fred has mentioned on the show many times about the water and how you got to get it draining in the right direction or you're going to have yourself a problem. That's right. The, the ground elevations are so important to anybody in this industry. A lot of my competitors that have not been around as long as myself and Chris, they don't pay so much attention to that. Yeah. And that's where the problems begin. I cannot sell a job, uh, personally cannot sell a job, where I know there's going to be a problem with backup, water backup, uh, into the room or around the room in the wrong way. I, I had one accidentally went sour uh, four year, three, four years ago, and it really wasn't Tampa Screen's fault, right. the contractor's fault, the homeowner's fault, or my fault. It had to do with the association not pulling out the back of the dirt as they were supposed to in time, and it was just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And, and my heart went out to that customer because they, they couldn't use their enclosure for about a year's time because of the mud and the muck. And the water back. and drainage is critical. I mean, just South Tampa last night, issues in, in the streets are narrow and they're just not ready to clear the water off them as fast as you can. So you better know where it's going to go because it's not going to leave that rapidly. No. I, you know, what's the elevation? Six, eight yeah. feet above sea level? I mean, yeah. it's, it's low. That's it. And, and when it comes down, it wants to go to the bay, uh, either to the bay or elsewhere right. you know where else it can drain uh, and and if you're caught in the crossfire between that you have a saturated yard mm-hmm. and and it's unfortunate because they've 
that, you know, in South Tampa, they built the gullies in, in the highways to try to move it quick. Them gullies are not adequate no. to move that water quick. No, it, it just happens so rapidly down there, they get overwhelmed. Yeah. Now, uh, another thing you guys do uh, with, the, with the aluminum, some of the, some of the newer products you have for uh, a pergola, is that right? That was what well, Chris yeah, was talking about? Yeah, yeah, it's the Renaissance product. We could okay. possibly pull, there it is. Um, uh, this is what I call the evolution of the enclosure. Now, maybe 20 years ago, I sold something similar to this. I reluctantly sold it right. because it was nothing that I wanted to sell. The customer wanted this design. And it was a product that was all pieced together. And guys were out there, and the labor factor was tremendous because right. they are out there for three, three to four days to put something like this. Each piece had to be put together individual. This product here is many fewer moving parts, so to speak. Okay. okay? And it's a much stronger product. It's a little more expensive than the standard screen room, no doubt about it. But it's got a great look. And, and I can do with this, I can do the same thing that I can do with any enclosure. Now, one, one of the things Chris made a point of that I thought was cool is you see some of the bigger box stores starting to sell these kind of items at Home Depot or Lowe's. But the, it's not made from the same material. No, and it's not. the weather down here is a little different than everywhere else. That, in the- that's correct. This, this product is... Um, Powder-coated aluminum, and of course we can get into all that. It's, right. it's a different process for painting. The standard aluminum is what they call ESP painted, where um, the paint is charged either positively or negative. I can't think which, which way it was. And then the metals char- charge the opposite so that when they paint it with a liquid paint, it sticks. Right. So it's the same process with powder coating. However, it's not a liquid paint. It's an actual powder coat. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I'm not sure, Chris would probably know uh, better than me, but I believe that the intensity of, of, of the positive and negative right. charge is different, which makes it stick better. And it gets into the metal. And uh, it's it's more more expensive process to, to manufacture that. He said between the mildew and the insects, they will... They will eat up one of those, uh, you know, con- the box store products because they're not uh, ready for the elements. Well, the box store product, I'm sure, is the product that I reluctantly sold 20 years ago mm. because somebody wanted it. So right. basically, the company that I re- represent it, we we found somebody who supplied it, and then we pulled the permit and built it and put it up, and it looked great. But it, it just, you know, maybe 10 years later, I didn't see it. Right. It, it probably it's probably not there today. I'm assuming. So this line that's come out, you guys have been doing, is it about a year or two, maybe something like well, that? Well, um, Ricky, he's uh, Richard's son. He sold the first one. I think he sold that seven, eight months ago. And it okay. was installed about four or five months ago. And that's that's our first installation. However, we became a dealer, I would say, within the year. I'm not sure when that exactly that was. I, I got a call from the office one day. They, they wanted everybody to meet at this, mm-hmm. this certain place and have a meeting about this new product. And there was... And that meeting was forty, fifty people there, you know, all over the from all over the state. So this is a trend you see, you know, one of these design trends that starts where people see it in the house and they, oh, I got to have that, and then yeah. it trickles down, and pretty soon you guys got figured it's it's our time to start making this thing. Yeah, well, this product uh, has been around for much longer than we've been a dealer, right. and uh, it's done very well in the in the Miami Dade area, down around Naples, Sarasota. Okay. Um, it's not taken off as well in the Tampa Bay area yet. And I believe that has to do with the market. Okay. Okay. Our market's a little different here than it is in Sarasota. Absolutely. Naples. So I, I believe that's what it is. We're trying to we're trying to nail that down because it is more expensive. Mm-hmm. It's more expensive. It's different material. Them uprights and the beams are are an actually right. a, hev- a heavier gauge product than the standard product. 
Okay. So we got about a minute left before we go to a break. Uh, Fred Muth, Tampa Screens and Aluminum, in addition to creating screen rooms and all these different designs and some of the stuff he can do, he can advise you on what to do with your current cage. If you've got an issue, sure. you're worried about, is it, should we take it down? Should we re- try to renovate? Should we replace? Yeah. That's a question you need to bring a pro in for. Yeah, for sure. Uh, right now we're talking about the hurricane, hurricane season. It's here. It's coming up. And the preventative maintenance on a cage, real simple, I tell people, don't get too excited with anything other than cleaning out your super gutter. Right. Because that, that water will back right up. W- water and debris that can back up can add 1,000, 1,500 pounds of that gutter. Mm. And make sure your fasteners, where this product is fastened to the, to the foundation, make sure that's tight. They're the failure points where it's connected to the house and where it's fastened to the foundation. Solid advice for you from Fred Muth, Tampa Screens and Aluminum. Stay with us. We're coming back with Connor Keller, Insect IQ. We're going to get behind the scenes and meet Dimitri, our intern from the show. Stay with us. Consumer Quarterback Show. This is Chris Voss, former FBI lead hostage negotiator and owner of the Black Swan Group. And you're listening to Consumer Quarterback Show, hosted by my friend Brandon Rives. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372, online at ConsumerQB.com. Listening to the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at consumerqb.com. That's right. ConsumerQB.com is your source for finding out all the different partners that you hear on the Consumer Quarterback Show. Again, I'm encouraging all you radio listeners on AM 1380 to check us out on the TV side. BingeNetworks.tv. Search the Consumer Quarterback Show, and you'll get a chance to watch your favorite TV show. All right, so in the first segment, we heard a lot from uh, Fred Muth, Tampa Screens and Aluminum, all the different things he can do to make your house a little more palatable in the summer, chance for you to get out. And the reason you're building that screen room is because we got a lot of critters down here. we got all kinds of insects and bugs, huh, Fred? Oh, yeah, we love them. How about you, Connor? You like them bugs? I love bugs. So yeah, joining us with too. his uh, knowledge about how to keep your home a little bit safer is Connor Keller, Insect IQ. Connor's got all kinds of great stuff. Connor, you've just come in from something. What's going on? I was up in uh, Pasco County at a uh, juvenile detention facility, and they had rats running all, all over the place in the dormitory, in the kitchen. Uh, they basically were installing new video equipment, and in the process, they let the rats in, and they're there. One rat becomes a bunch pretty fast. Very quickly, very quickly. It's out of control, actually. So we're going to get in there tomorrow, clean up, get rid of the rats, clean everything up, and then keep them out. So rats are something that I might think of that, but the ones, coyotes, bats, uh, I mean, there's been, uh, you get calls for all kinds of things. We do. I I basically, you know, the the stranger, the better. Uh, We're getting back into bat season now, which is, you know, they're protected during the summertime Mm -hmm. because they're reproducing. So starting on August 15th, you can actually go back to doing something about it. So I have a lot of bat work on the the slate to do in a couple of weeks. You had that big deal in the church in St. Pete, was that Yes, I did. Yes, I did. That actually was like the, you know, kind of like uh, everything in the kitchen sink. We had bees we had pigeons we had rats we had german roaches and so. a tough situation as far as the property goes it was a kind of historic thing you Very can't historic. just tear it up that's correct um, we ended up cutting the seal or cutting the roof opening the roof up pulling the bees out and then had a roofer there to repair it um, actually i think we used a partner on the show amazing yeah it was good stuff 
Now you're able to, to keep those bees alive. You take them to another place. Or yeah, actually, them. we have a, a rescue in Odessa at the Keystone Farmers Market. It's on Tarpon Springs Road on your way out to Tarpon Springs, and we have about a dozen colonies there that we've relocated. What most people don't realize is when you re- relocate bees, you're actually trying to capture as many of the workers as possible, and then maybe some comb out of the nesting material. And you take those and start a new colony with that. You requeen them, so you're not actually taking that colony and relocating it to another area. You're taking the majority of it and making a new colony out of it. When I hear people talk about the importance of bees and keeping an eye on their population, that's kind of a way to see how our environment is is behaving. Well, I mean, we we need bees, especially for our commercial agriculture. But most people don't realize that the honeybees are an invasive species. We brought honeybees from Europe with us. They're actually the most successful invasive species ever introduced to North America. So they're really no different than the boa constrictor or pythons in the Everglades. They're just beneficial where uh, the pythons are detrimental. Well, the one thing I think is we get some honey out of them, whereas the yellow jackets and some of the wasps will just leave a sting on you. Yeah, yellow jackets are actually a beneficial insect as well. They, um, of course, they'll sting you, and they're very angry and very defensive of their nest site. But they prey on or forage for uh, turf and plant-damaging insects. So your aphids, your lace bugs, all of these things that will damage your ornamental landscape, yellow jackets are actually helping you defend from that damage naturally. Now, you guys listen to the show. You know that Brandon is heavy on the real estate side. And one of the things you better be careful of if you're getting into the real estate business or any kind of home uh, is termites because – I saw the stat where termites do more damage to homes than all the natural disasters combined. Correct. And your homeowner's insurance doesn't cover termite damage or treating for the activity. Not just that. A lot of these companies come out and just put a bait station there by your house and say, well, not your co-, but that's not protecting your home in any way. Well, when you say bait is a very general term. And, and at Insect IQ, we actually offer both types of treatments. We do a conventional liquid treatment with a product called Termidor. It's right. a non-repellent barrier. We also uh, provide, we're a Centricon uh, provider. It's a Centricon termite colony elimination system. It's really the premier baiting system on the market these days. Something a little newer. Yeah. Well, the, what set it, what really sets it apart from its competition, it's always active, has a um, bait matrix in the station that's not only monitoring for termites, but once they find it and start consuming it, they're actually bringing that termiticide back to the colony, and it eliminates the colony. Much the same mode of action as Termidor. Um, the other benefit of it, it's the only green certified termiticide go. on the market by the Environmental Protection Agency. You basically could put it anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you can put Kids, it near pets. water. Yeah, if a kid pulled a station out and chewed on it for some reason, uh, there'd be no – I mean, there there's always worry about allergic reactions mm-hmm. and things like that. But as far as toxicity. The toxicity is yeah. very low toxicity to humans. I tell you, it's not just the bugs I always think about, but I drive around at night sometimes and I, I see these coyotes and I wonder how long till there's some kind of an incident where a human interaction would cross it's paths. every day. I think um, a couple months ago, a lady was walking her dog in the morning and the coyote attacked the dog and she tried to save her dog and the coyotes attacked her. And I think she didn't lose her life, but right. she was in the hospital. She got mauled pretty bad by it. Now, I always think of those things as being kind of skittish or they don't really want it to be around. You know, they're kind of at night and kind of hiding I, out. I have personal experience with coyotes. Actually, uh, I I live in Brandon, and mm-hmm. um, in right in the middle of Brandon, urban center, and I get up in the morning sometimes. I haven't seen them in about six months, but I'll have two or three coyotes in my front yard. Now, they're, they're foraging for something to eat? Or? They're foraging for the neighborhood cats. Ah. I actually have seen them kill a cat and drag it off, and I jumped in my truck and tried to run them down just to see where they were right. going. And uh, Brandon's unique because you still have all these subdivisions wrapped around farms still. You have this this pasture, and they ran out into that, and then I lost them, but... 
Um, I've seen them maybe a half dozen times in the last year or so. Man, that's the thing about Florida. You are in and among all kinds of different critters. If you're not aware of it, they're there. Bobcats. Sure. I, I, I've even seen a panther recently, which really? is pretty cool. I only caught the glimpse. I knew it was a panther because of its tail. But a big cat, and I was up in New Tampa. You know, it's not in their normal range, but they were all here long before us. Yeah, I just saw this article in the paper about uh, alligators prefer to eat uh, local men. So that's funny. Um, you know, <laughs> that's an example where conservation actually is not detrimental, but we're being overrun with alligators now. That's why they've opened up these hunting seasons, and yeah. you know, they were protected for so long. But they've protected so well that now we're overpopulated. As Fred and I were talking about, I mean, if there's a body of water in this state, golf course, school, so, there's an alligator. Show me water stay, and I'll show you an alligator. <laughs> stay away. That's uh, so when I was about eight years old. I grew up in Florida. Um, I used to fish on the golf course, and there was about a two-foot gator swimming yeah. around. And it grabbed my rattle trap. Of course, I hooked it, but I reeled all the way in the shore. I was eight or nine years old. I picked up an old rotten pine log, was beating it over the head, trying to get my five dollar lure back and mm-hmm. didn't know better but it, the line broke and it went back in the water so. and then every every couple of weeks you see that a new record python gets pulled out of south florida somewhere 18 feet some crazy what is that thing living on oh uh, everything in the everglades actually they're consuming all our native animals the deer i mean they say now the everglades is quiet you don't hear deer you don't hear uh, other mammals because they've all been consumed by the python holy cow there's a show on now i don't know if you've seen that on i think it's on um history or national geographic channel about that where there are there are hunters hunting pythons it's pretty cool actually yeah but it, it, are you just poking around in no, some muddy water I they mean, do that's it at not... night they do it at night and they use uh they, there's the new technology i've seen is they're using like a forward-looking infrared camera but the the python they're cold-blooded so they're not really showing up on that but they found a light spectrum that they can see now so they use a camera and some type of ultraviolet light and shine it around and then the snake stands out it's a spectrum. That just shows you the science behind it. I'm sure an 18-foot snake could kill a man. Easily. Actually, it was funny. This guy he jumped on the snake, and this, the, it was as big around as him, and he's battling and battling. I'm wondering how much of it is staged. But <laughs> right. Eventually, the snake gets around his neck, and he's like, the cameraman, he's like, you got to get the snake off my neck. And he was choking out, and then so the camera <laughs> drops, and you hear him fighting the snake. No, thank you. So. I, I, I think an alligator would lose a battle. Well, you yeah. see that, too. You see pythons and alligators all the time. Not personally, but in right. the paper or, sure. or on the internet. Crossing paths. Yeah, well. Or a python swallow an alligator, and the alligator busts out of the python's gut because it's just too big. I got a buddy who's a guide down in the Keys, and he sees alligators get washed out, and the, they're in the ocean you know, all the time, out yeah, a mile offshore. I grew up, like I said, in Orlando, going to Cocoa Beach and Merritt Island and the Canaveral Seashore, and we saw alligators on the beach all the time over there. They they're, can go in fresh and salt water, and they're pretty hardy. They can they can range pretty far with and survive quite a few rough conditions. Yeah, I think a lot of times they travel even in the stormwater system and move from pond to pond. You know, I've often wondered how alligators show up in a retention pond with a yeah. six foot fence around it. Now they can climb fences too, though. I've seen that. I always think it's home pet owners, you know, who bought an alligator on their way to Florida or somewhere, and they get home and they That's have nothing the to do with it. That's the python situation. That's really what happened is, you know, pythons were the rage, and they get big. Like you said, 15-, 16-foot snake, what are you going to do with that? And Or hopefully it doesn't eat your baby, but, you you know, that happens too, but then they let it go. There was a story recently about a guy who had to call a gator wrangler from Florida up north. Someone it was a, must have been a pet, got loose in the summer. It was Chicago or someplace Chicago. of all places. Yeah. Interesting. Chicago. They got an alligator swimming around in a public park somewhere, and no one really knew what to do with it. They had to, they had to give you a call down here to get up there yeah i always say that you you i never would be a gator trapper because i enjoy my fingers <laughs> and you, you a good gator trapper is missing at least one one or two fingers so no thank you but, but you're dealing with enough for me i mean you got how many times you've been stung colin i get stung every day 
goes with the job. <laughs> uh, I actually I built up an immunity to getting wow. stung because I get stung so much. And don't get me wrong, it right. still hurts. Right. As soon as I get the stinger out, I have no adverse reaction, no swelling. Um, but this is this is a port, uh, an important point. Is it only takes one sting to kill you if you're allergic to mm. stinging insects. So you really, if you're working in Florida outside. Um, even on your own property, you should be vigilant and look for flying insects. And, but the ants house. down here are no joke either. Oh, fire ants will, will mess you up. Yeah. I've seen a kid going to anaphylactic shot, playing ball, you know, same fell and rolled around all over his back. Ugh. It's all the same venom. It's just different degrees. More Connor protein. Keller, Insect IQ. So much knowledge for you. So many things out here that you don't know about if you live in Florida. You better find out what's swimming around, what's crawling around. We'll come back. we got a feel-good story for you. We're going to get more from the guys, and then we're going to meet Dimitri, our intern here. So stay tuned. You want to see behind the scenes here. Consumer Quarterback Show. Hey, I'm Ken Shamrock, and you're here with Consumer Quarterback Show. And I say, Brandon Rhymes, knock out your competition. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. Ian Beckles here with my man, Brandon Rimes, a.k.a. the real estate quarterback. Brandon, what's happening with the market? Thanks, Ian. We are in a low inventory market, so any of our listeners are homeowners and would like a free comparable market analysis or a 2.5% listing, we will honor this for the first three listeners who call or text in 813-773-1253. Free CMA and a 2.5% real estate listing at 813-773-1253. Check out PlatinumMVPRealty.net. PlatinumMVP. Realty.net. Hey, Brandon Rhymes here. I'm a top 1% realtor in the United States with Keller Williams Realty, the number one real estate company in the world. We're looking for buyers, sellers, and investors that would like to work with our top team in the area. Reach out at consumerqb.com. Just submit an email form at consumerqb.com or give us a call or a text at 813-670-7372. Call or text 813-670-7372 and we will help you win and negotiate with your real estate deals. You're listening to The Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rimes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-670-7372. All right, last segment here of the Consumer Quarterback Show. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to tell you something good like we always do. We're going to go back and have Connor Keller from Insect IQ and Fred Muth from Tampa Screens and Aluminum give you some final points to help make you make a better decision out there if you need their assistance. But when it comes to telling you something good, I found a kid who did an amazing act, and I wanted to mention this and let you know about him. He's a teenager in Georgia. He's being a hero because of his quick thinking. He managed to save the lives of 14 Clydesdale horses. So the Martin family's home was struck by lightning in the middle of the night. So we have a lot of lightning down here and i always think about you know what are you going to do if you get house gets struck by lightning well they caught fire it shook the whole house shannon martin told the local news station one minute i'm in bed the next minute i'm standing next to the bed trying to figure out what happened soon after fire quickly engulfed their horse barn to make matters worse the barn doors were locked that's when 16 year old macon rushed into action i just ran right out i had no clothes on no shoes no nothing macon said i just jumped in our gator and i just ran it right into the door he busted through like Rambo and opened up the end of the stalls and said, Mom, this way, Shannon recalled. And we were able to push all the horses out that way. All 14 horses made it out of the barn, which was a total loss. So there's a story about a kid who saved his family's horses uh, just being brave and running out there. Encourage people you know that do heroic things. That's what we're trying to do here on the show. Mention it. 
let us know about it. We'll certainly give them uh, some props on the air because that's the kind of thing we want to recognize. You have your Save Any Horses, uh, Colin? No. Actually, but, um, I tell a story about a horse because horses and stinging insects don't mix. Horse and flies, I know. No, I'm talking about the Africanized honeybees oh, attacked you. a horse oh. in South Florida. And when they did the, what is it called, a necrocropsy, I think, on a horse, it's an autopsy right. basically for an animal. They found um, bees in its sinus cavities, its throat, and in yeah. its stomach. So wow. they, that's actually, they're attracted to your carbon dioxide output when they attack you in alarm pheromones. Right. But they'll sting you in your lips and your ears. I've heard that some mosquitoes are tracking you as well. Exactly, yes. And body heat, the same thing. Okay, so we had Fred reminisce a little bit earlier in the show about the early days of the program, and he told you a little bit about how it started. And, of course, I've been here about two years. How long have you been on the show here, Dimitri? Oh, I've been here about about two, three months now. Okay, so Dimitri's an intern, and I always get a kick out of the millennial point of view or the younger folks and find out what they're up to and what they're doing. So one of the things that's come up on the show lately is college. Uh, with the scandal with the folks that paid to get their kids into college, a lot of people are saying, why why even bother? You know, if, if it's going to be something you have to pay to get the kid in college, is college really the way to go today? And I wanted to ask young people, Dimitri, you got friends. How many of you guys thought about trade school, uh, secondary college, or find another way to get around that thing? Well, I'm one of the people that went into a trade school. I went to Connecticut School of Bros- Broadcasting down here right. in Tampa. And honestly, why I went to a trade school is just because I just want to learn what I want to learn. Because I know I, I enjoy the uh, radio business, all right, that right. stuff. And I was like, I'd rather pay 200 $300 for a math class that I'm probably not going to use later in my life. The student debt is no joke. Yeah. These kids are racking up thousands of $100,000 debt when they graduate from school, and there's no guaranteed ROI there. You may work for 10 years before you get that loan paid off. Absolutely. So how many uh, friends of yours chose the college route, or how many of them had a scholarship or an opportunity? Um, a co- uh, Actually, all five of my friends all got scholarships, but not full scholarships, mm-hmm. not full rides. Um, a lot of them have to do loans. My buddy Donnie, he works with his father throughout the summer, so, so his father will pay for the school right, right. as he earns it. Uh, my my friend Lindsay, she does a work study. She helps people tutoring and stuff like that, just to make ends meet and to pay those uh, loan payments. Yeah, I can imagine that it's kind of a something to consider nowadays because the cost of education is significant, and you've got some other choices. Mm-hmm. So you you want to make a right decision. You don't want to just get degrees. In the old days, it was about how many degrees you had on the wall. You could point to and say, you exactly. know, I'm I'm achieved this. It's about. Uh, being productive now so you've got to find a way to get productivity out of your your money so if you're spending that money on that degree it's got to work for you Mm -hmm. now tell me a little bit about the show now you've been on the show for two months oh yes okay so you what we talk about consumer advocacy and learning some things i need you to tell me something you've learned from watching or listening to the program that you didn't know before you came on board here um how much work actually goes into uh uh, planning the program and all that stuff (laughs) having to set up all this stuff right i remember walking in james like all right i need you to go to this closet grab this yeah no it was baptism by fire (laughs) like what (laughs) i finally got somebody to help i put him right here's the closet here's the key go but uh yeah we appreciate your help you're doing a great job for us man being here now yeah Awesome. So that's Dimitri, our intern. I wanted to meet him and give everyone else a chance to talk about Mike back there for Salem and Rob from WeBeam. So there's a lot of folks behind the scenes that make the show go. Uh, Fred, any experiences I forget to mention or anything you want to talk about, about the show itself, something that you've had experience-wise? No, the only thing on my end, um, people say, did you prep for the show? I go, no. Why not? (laughs) If I did, I'd stutter. If I had to think about what I was thinking about, it wouldn't work. But uh, and I talk to a lot of people in the break room uh, prior to their first time on the show, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll say they're trying to prep for it. They're nervous, and I right. say, just don't prep for it. Just get up there and talk about your business. 
Just, I think that's the thing. You're passionate simple. about your business, yeah. and you you want to help people. That's the whole idea. I mean, Connor's got all these stories, and I mostly I'm from my I want to hear them. You know what I mean? I want to learn what's going on. I I think it's really neat all the different stories he has, but. If you've got an issue, if you've got a raccoon living in your attic or whatever it is, you better find somebody you can trust or they're going to do some real damage. I just want to help people. That's what motivates me more than anything. And um, I think that's what you know. We, what really makes us human beings is the thought or process sure. of helping your neighbor. Now, if they're going to pay me a buck or two in the process, then, hey, all the better. But it's really about helping people and taking care of people. Um, we offer free estimates, usually same-day appointments and Really, whatever's bugging you is bugging me, and I'll come right out and take care of it. And that's important. Now, uh, are you guys also raising honey, or do you have something to do with honey? What is um, it again? Well, I give away honey for marketing purposes. I have little one-ounce honey bears that I'll give out to my customers, right. and you know, especially if I mess up. I like to leave a little sweet taste in their mouth, <laughs> so leaving some honey, and that usually fixes everything, so... All right, Fred, what is the latest? Uh, uh, Brandon built this house. He's always talking about right, uh, yeah. he's got it, bugs out there. What, what does he... So he lives on a lake, right? And behind, off the lake, is a little drainage canal that has a lot of aquatic weeds in it. Um, I don't think the county's spraying anything. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly getting flying insects all over the back of his house. He's got a white house, lots of lights, and it's just perfect environment. Gotcha. Um, the mosquitoes are the biggest problem, obviously, and we can treat the mosquitoes. We treat the water with larvicides to eliminate the eggs from hatching out, and then we treat the perimeter of the house. And the perimeter of the property with a Mr. Blower and an encapsulated insecticide. And it's encapsulated so the sun and water doesn't break it down as quickly. Hmm. But it really makes a difference in eliminating the harbor areas where mosquitoes will hide during yeah, the day. You know, the, we get so much rain, that standing water. Right. It's a big one. They say 48 hours, it's all it takes. There's dozens of different species of mosquitoes. Some are daytime biters, some are dusk and dawn. Um, the Aegis aegypti, which are the uh, mosquitoes that vectored, uh, what was it? Uh, not dengue fever, but the Zika virus mm. everybody was worried about last year. Um, they are daytime biters and container breeders so those are the ones you have to really be, be careful. careful on leaving flower pots in the yard tires anything that will collect water you should check and now luckily none of those can fit through the screen right fred no they there and there's two fabrics available there's what they call the standard 1814 which is 18 weaves in one direction 14 in another within one inch and then there's what they call the noceum 2020 fabric. really tight it's extremely tight. Uh, however, there's nothing that can really guarantee against noceums because noceums are basically microscopic in some mm-hmm. cases. They'll, they can possibly even get through the noceum um, fabric. So right. I, I don't go out there and solicit noceum fabric for that reason because in, in the industry, the most uh, bug-resistant product nationwide is an 1814 fabric. They use it on all your window screens. So um, – for example, the 2020 Noceum, I will sell that for the roof only in a lot of cases because it's very good for ultraviolet reduction. I think it's a oh, yeah. 26, 27, 28% reduction on the UV. Plants love a, that. Yeah. I have a question. Sorry to interrupt yeah. really quick. About this, um, they're now infusing insulation with insecticides to help treat. Is there? Have you ever heard of anything like that, Fred, where they've talked about infusing screen fabric with no, insecticides? No, no. Uh, keep keep me up to date on that. Well, let's, let's do something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we could retire, involved, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> retire. I, I am retired. Yeah, I do this for fun. For sure. <laughs> but yeah, you better have some screens uh, or you're going to get bit. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, the mosquitoes don't take very long to reproduce. They're back in a hurry. And we're in Florida. So it's amazing. They never leave, really. During the Zika thing, maybe it was at its height maybe a year or two ago, the, after Dade County instituted these sprays, they came out and did a lot of the spraying. The mayor of Dade County stood up and said, we can guarantee that Dade County is mosquito free. 
I thought, come on now. Maybe for a couple of minutes. Yeah, how is it any is place he, in America mosquito-free? Is he a politician? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Nail on the head. Yeah, I'm telling you. Have, is, that's not effective. Is that effective? Tell me, you know. Okay, so the county and state does adulticide, um, thermal fogging, and they go around fogging. You see them on the trucks and mm-hmm. flying over in helicopters and planes, and they're trying to knock down the adult reprodu- reproducing population. What's more effective, actually, is what they're doing is biological control, where we're using sterilization, and that sterilization is transferable. So you have generations of mosquitoes that are no longer able to produce. It's very effective. Yeah, that makes that's, even more sense than the bats, which I've heard are great. Uh, can that's be effective. the new technology now yeah. that's very effective. So what's the application process? How do you it's, get there? They're traps, and the traps are very expensive, but it's something that you can work into a mosquito abatement program. You put them out in mosquito-infested areas. The females go in. Excuse me. <clears throat> right. Sorry. I'm not trying to cough on the show. Uh, the mosquito or mosquito females go in, lay their eggs, and when they lay their eggs, they're picking up that uh, growth regulator that sterilizes them. And so they're not the eggs don't hatch. They're not able to lay any more eggs. But when they fly to the next spot that they go to, they vector from place to place. They're bringing molecules of that uh, product that right. actually causes that there's um, technology for you from a fly swatter to a product that actually yeah. the sterilization stops. is yeah. the key amazing all right so this is the last minute of the show i want to give everyone a chance just to say their quick site tampa screens right fred what's your site www.tampascreensandaluminum.com don't be afraid to give fred a call he's got great ideas he'll come out and give you an estimate right that's correct and connor well, we have two. We have allfloridabeeremoval.com, and that's our statewide website for stinging insect removals. And then locally here in the Tampa Bay area, we have insectiq.com, which is really a statewide site as well. Um, both will get you to where you need to be. You can also call us directly at 855-930-BUGS. There you go, folks. Don't get stung. Call Connor. Call Fred. Go. Find out how to protect yourself from all these bugs out here. This has been a great show. Thanks so much for listening. You got a little peek behind the curtain today. I'm so happy that Brandon lets me do this. So thanks, Brandon, and thanks for the Consumer Quarterback Show and all the partners out there. Stay with us and check us out online. You've been listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Contact Brandon Rhymes at 813-670-7372. That's 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. And join us next time for the Consumer Quarterback Show, weekday afternoons at 5 on AM 1380, The Biz.